Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. I'm excited to talk about what it has taken us to become a full-time creative and what that could mean for you and you either starting your business or starting to take it more seriously. Because ultimately our goal is that you are able to create not just a full-time job for yourself, but a full-time income to support you and what your family actually needs. Yep. Having a full-time job and having a full-time income are two completely different things. Most of us have lots of full-time jobs. Yeah. I mean, heck, just being a parent all by itself is a full-time job. Breathing as a human, (laughs) raising yourself. To eat the right things is a full-time job. We could go on and on. And it takes a lot of work to just function as a human on a Mm day-to-day basis. And we know that sometimes we end up doing things that aren't necessarily creating profit or revenue in our business. And how can we get there faster so that we can focus on the things we actually care and want to focus on. So I think to give you guys some cool behind the scenes, I think we should just go back and forth and talk about our own journeys of becoming a full-time entrepreneur and what decisions we feel like we made that helped aid that journey and that kind of stalled it or slowed stuff down or were just a flat out mistake looking back on it. So my first question to you is, Abby, I know when you were a little girl, you wanted to be a lot of things. Oh, yeah. A lot of things. When did you know that you not only wanted to be a full-time creative entrepreneur, but do you feel like the moment that you wanted to do it and the moment that you felt like it could actually be a reality were two different instances in your life? Mm. I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. But I don't think I actually saw it as my full-time job until I was doing it as my full-time job, Mm -hmm. which I know sounds kind of crazy or maybe even a little naive. Like, of course you can do it as your full-time job. I just didn't necessarily see that lifestyle. I mean, when I went to school, I went to school to become a graphic designer because at the time, that seemed like the most logical option in the art program. Like if you're going to go to school for art, like at least I knew graphic designers had jobs outside. Yeah, don't go to school to be a photographer like I did. Oh, stop. You (laughs) can totally do that in real life. But, you know, sculpture and ceramics. (laughs) And I... I just saw that as like, okay, if I do this, then that probably means I'll work in marketing for the rest of my life. I didn't necessarily say, 
oh, I'm going to go make my own marketing company. Like that was not my first thought. What about you though? When did you decide or felt like you had a calling to be an entrepreneur? Well, I think similar to a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or own their own businesses, it, it started, the inkling started at a really young age. I sold chalk colored rocks at the end of my driveway when I was a kid. My mom reminded me, I completely kind of spaced about this until she was talking about it the other day. Do you remember when you were in like elementary school and those butterfly clips you'd wear in your hair? Oh, yeah. And they like had some that were glow in the dark and sparkle and colors and all the different things. Well, I started wearing them to school and people loved them. I was such a trendsetter back when I was like eight. And so I started, so my mom would be able to buy them in bulk because she had her jewelry business at the time. And so where she would buy jewelry, you could buy all these other accessories for wholesale as well. So she just bought like a crap ton of butterfly clips for me mostly. Well, I started packaging them up in little like sets of fives or six or three and literally selling them at school for people who liked my clips. So my mom reminded me of that a couple weeks ago. and I thought that was hilarious. I think it was always one of those things. It's very in line with the personality of mine that I still have now. It's like, if I can even fathom that this is something I could make money from, then I'm going to pursue that opportunity because I like the competition within myself. I like the like, you know, proving people wrong or doing something that other people think that they can't do. So I think that that part was always there. Mm-hmm. I think truthfully, like when I graduated college, I'm the first person in my family to graduate college on both sides. And when I did that, I think that was such a milestone for myself and for my entire family already that really none of us had kind of pictured what happens after that. What's the job that I hold? What do I do? And I, I don't come from a family of people who, you know, work in corporate America and stay there forever and have retirement plans, like literally none of that. Mm-hmm. And so as much as it may seem wild to think that like as soon as I graduated college and had student loan debt that I was already kind of thinking of ways to be on my own it would have felt like more uncomfortable and scarier to think oh I need to go get like a real job a corporate job now which I find so interesting because I think my family had a similar dynamic I think we had a little less entrepreneurial but there was still a ton of like labor workers. Like my aunt worked for the boiler union, which that sounds bizarre, but (laughs) forever. And then my uncle was an electrician and we had people who drove trains. Like they, they drove coal around the country. You know, my grandma, I guess, probably stood out in terms of kind of the first person in our family to have like a little more executive kind of position because everyone else was like teachers or laborers. Like there really wasn't like working with their hands, I guess is what I mean by that. And she went and she worked for the Ford Motor Company for a long time, but not on the line. Like she had an office job. And so I think a lot of my choices stemmed from probably more my parents where they had more quote unquote professional jobs where you like wore a suit and tie and you showed up to work in slacks. And I just remember that being kind of the lifestyle I grew up with thinking, you know, to make it, 
to mm-hmm. quote, like do good or whatever in the world that I had to be a quote professional, mm-hmm. which now feels so stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That felt like not part of my world whatsoever at all. Like I, I had no, not even being a teacher, like truly like people in my family clean houses and clean cars. Like that's, that's what they do. They work on like the machine line and hot shops making metal parts. So it just wasn't, and that's not what I wanted to do. I right. want to do that. And it was kind of one of those things where my mom and Nana were like, come hell or high water, I won't be cleaning houses either. Like that was their thing they, that they didn't want me to do because they had their own stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Although my mom made like bank doing that. So seriously, legit profession. But I, the thing that I took away from that was she built a business from the ground up and she only took clients based on referrals. She mm-hmm. never advertised, never marketed, didn't have business cards. Like it was a very scrappy way of doing business, but she was like constantly booked out, like quite like made so much money. It was great. Had a flexible schedule, you know, loved her clients. What is so much money to you though? Well, right. It's so, so much money. I think because, so it was cash, right? So yeah. it felt very, like I, I have very, very, very strong memories of every Friday. So like during the summers or if I would wrap school early, but my mom would still have some clients to have to clean for, she'd pick me up from school or I would, it would be her weekend when I live with my dad and I would be, be with her. And I remember on Fridays, she would have her, all of her cash and she did have some checks, but she would collect them throughout the week in this really big folder. And we would drive to the bank and we would go up to the teller. And it was always a mix of like, how much do I have to put into the bank to pay my bills? Like what's coming out? I remember like very clearly she would take this like scrap piece of paper and just like add up like what's coming out next week or this week and make sure that much money was in the bank. And then everything else stayed out, like everything. And so if it was like her weekend with me, we might go shopping or go do something or whatever, like go out to eat. She wouldn't do those things if I wasn't there, but she had me and we're going to do stuff. And so I don't know, for me, that always felt just like payday was this different kind of version because it was like legit cash that we have in, in this envelope. It was weird. Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely a money management kind of you learning money management for the good or the bad at right. a very young age. Right. And so how do you feel like what your family did impacted your journey? Because I think as long as you're not super new here, you know that Emily started her business as soon as she left college. Mm-hmm. Like there was no in between. So mm-hmm. how do you think that kind of resonated with you as you went in to create a full-time business for yourself? Well, I think I lucked out in the sense of, you know, and I've talked about this too, of being my mother's only child and my half brother wasn't born until I was 12. And so like I had the run of the mill for a really, really long time. Even my bonus mom was part of my life as young as three or four. So like (laughs) I had people in my corner. So I had a part of that of just being like told from a lot of people that I could do anything I want. I could do anything I set my mind to go do it, go do it. Mm -hmm. But I felt very supported in my journey of figuring out my own thing because so many people already had. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us had an idea that it would turn into what it did turn into, like as in me and you partnering in our company and, and doing what we're doing. I still think that's still very foreign to a lot of people of kind of understanding those concepts. But I think it was very 
like, cause I dabbled, you know, in making a cupcake business or a design business. Like I did, I definitely dabbled before I figured out my thing, but I was fully supported in a lot of that because a lot of my family was just like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Like you're going to go off and make your own rules and do your own thing. Cause that was very in line with my personality at just in general. I wasn't one to necessarily like work for someone else's dream. I was a very good employee because I worked all through high school and college, but that was like a work ethic sense in myself. But I, I think people were not surprised and very supportive, but like it was helpful because I was able to explore and do things. But I think it was also detrimental in a sense of, I had no deadline. I had no like people, you know, wrong or right when they give you deadlines, sometimes they're helpful, right? Whether it's your spouse or partner or your mom, right? Saying you need to figure this out in three months or you need to get a regular job. Like I had none of that. So it was helpful, but also like I could kind of dick around. (laughs) So I'm being nosy. Like how long did that translate before you fully felt like you created Yes, it was your full-time job, but when did it become your full-time, like a full-time income enough so that you took it seriously? Maybe your yeah. spouse took it seriously. It took probably three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first year full on 100%, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And then once I finally got into photography and I say into as in, I had always done photography. That's what I went to school for. But when I finally was like, why don't I build a business off what I already know how to do instead of, what, cupcakes. <laughs> instead of cupcakes that I just like eating. Once I kind of took off the, let me just try shit I don't know anything about and really got into what I knew how to do, it took still probably a year and a half of doing that in the sense of like, I mean, I did what everyone does where I convinced myself that I couldn't charge, that I couldn't do this, that everything had to be perfect, that this, that, or the other, because honestly, truly, and it's hard for me to even put it into words now, looking back on what frame of mind I was in at that moment of life. I obviously knew it could be a full-time job. I had seen my mom start a cleaning business and a jewelry business, and it was her full-time job at some point. And countless other people in my family start their own businesses and succeed. So I knew that that was a thing. But I still, I think on some level, didn't quite realize that it was for me or that I could do it. It was one of those like, I'm just gonna like be a half-assed photographer that maybe makes some money here and there and I don't have to take it seriously. And so I, I didn't for a while. Do you think part of that was because of your circumstances and that oh, you could afford to live based on what 100%. Brian was making and stuff? I, I started my business and continued to learn things in my business from so much privilege, so much. I was married at the time or I got married during that process. And Brian comes from a family of, you know, people who graduate college and get a job in corporate America and stay there forever. And so that is very much his personality trait as well of like, let me just have the consistent thing. That's what makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, we obviously you, you never not need the money. I hate that saying of like, we didn't need the money. Like, cause that's not true. We had student loans, we had a mortgage, we had all of these things, but there was just not a lot of pressure. Yeah. There wasn't pressure. Right. And so there were definitely conversations where he was like, all right, what's your goal here? Like, what's your end game here? What's happening? But for every one of those conversations, there were weeks and months of just like, she's just doing her thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It was wild. I feel like your situation comes from a completely different space knowing like getting laid off is 
a different frame of reference. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think so often you have one of two approaches. You either go into this with ease, meaning there's some kind of backup plan, or you're Mm -hmm. forced into this and you have to make it work. I don't know many people who have a different situation. Right. Occasionally, I wouldn't say there isn't people that do have a full-time job and they want to work towards making this other thing work enough that they could quit. Like, I think that's a reality. But for the most part, if you have the job, it's still, it's still your backup plan. So it can slow you down. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Well, and that's my mom right now. So I want to go back to your laid off version. Cause I think other people can resonate even if there's no laying off, but I think that this is a lot of people's realities today is they do have a full-time job. And maybe it's what they went to school for. And they legitimately, they do like it, but there's something about it that's not giving them the time freedom or they do feel constrained or maybe they don't really like their work environment that well or all of those things. But it's so good and it's such a reliable income and benefits and all of this this stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you look at my mom's situation, being a single person, like there's no double income in that household whatsoever. So it is all on her all the time. So there's a definite certain level of safety, especially being in healthcare. I feel like you're pretty much always going to have jobs somewhere. This is a different level of, of pressure. You have to put it on yourself almost to like decide, am I finally done with this? And I'm really ready to take this seriously or not. Mm-hmm. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah. But you didn't I, have that choice. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have that choice. And I worked in an industry that also reflected the economy. Yes. Similar to my husband. So like he was an architect, I was a designer, but like the fluff investments. (laughs) Exactly. The moment the economy changes, like we're disposable. Like I know that sounds crappy, but it's just the reality of the situation. And so I never anticipated being laid off both times it happened. (laughs) I definitely got some like hints and inklings the second time because I was a little less naive. Yeah. But it's still a shock. Like even if you're like, oh, I can tell something's up with this business or they're making some weird decisions or maybe you're not the first department to be affected and you can kind of read the writing on the walls. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take away the fact that you're like, oh God, like it happened. Now this is my reality. Yeah. And I had to make a choice really quickly that either I was going to take myself seriously immediately, or I absolutely had to spend all my time and energy on finding something else. Mm -hmm. And I think my situation is really not all that unique that I was taking care of a lot for our household. Like I was the breadwinner from the day my husband married me. And a lot of that had to do with entering the workforce a couple of years ahead of him and just experience and all of that. I was also a lot more apt to jump or ask for promotions. And like, mm-hmm. that was just the kind of person I am. Like I recruited myself into a startup job. Mm-hmm. Like, so it wasn't all that shocking. I, I, I was the person in high school who made a position for myself that literally did not exist because I wanted a raise. Right. Yeah. And I got it. And exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like that literally happened at the job before I was at a startup. I was in a company where there basically wasn't an in-between of where I wanted to be and where I was. And so they basically made a position for me yeah. and then I left them promptly. But that's besides <laughs> the point. I think sometimes you're in a situation where you are forced to show up. Mm-hmm. And that meant that I, I had to figure things out quicker than most because there was no backup plan. Yeah. And I've talked about on the show before having that conversation with my husband about taking things seriously. I think what differentiates that kind of mentality is when you're a risk-averse person 
and you're jumping into something that is super risky, yeah. like running your own business, you do everything in your power to reduce risk. And so that meant me translating all of my skills that I had been honing for the last half a decade and utilizing the exact same skills to build a business. It meant learning nothing new in the process. It meant working with similar clients on similar projects, doing exactly what I already knew how to do. Mm -hmm. And I think in your situation, it was a lot of like, I have all this room to experiment and I did not have that luxury. And so that meant that you had it, but you were smart enough to, because I think a lot of people don't have it, but they still use it. Right. That's true. Like, and I'm no, I don't say smart. That's not the word I want to use here. Cause this isn't about making smart or dumb business decisions. No, it's just a, a maybe different awareness. But the logical step for you to want, if you truly want to create not just a full-time job for yourself, but a full-time income and a full-time salary, then you have to make decisions that are rooted and you getting to your success point the quickest. Mm -hmm. And we teach this inside of our programs. Like we teach this inside of Strategy Academy where we walk you through how to take a skill you already have and translate that into a good or service. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just, it was so linear. Like there was no, like there was no jump. There was no craziness. Yeah. There's things you have to learn. Like I didn't know how to do accounting or bookkeeping or billing or any of that, but like you figure it out. Like I was willing to figure it out because I was so tired of building someone else's dream Yeah, because my dreams were so much bigger than I was allowed to dream inside of a corporate bubble Yeah, where my job was only ever as big as other people allowed it to be. And part of that was me being naive and almost acting childlike, which although I thought I had all my shit together, I mean, I can look back down and be like, oh, she was an ambitious early twenties, like willing to do whatever feeling back. (laughs) And I'm like, those are the kind of people I like to hire, but they're also the riskiest kind of people because they're usually the people that want to go be Mm -hmm. self-serving. That's a whole nother nother discussion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, thinking back in this time and space when I was first starting. And and even when I finally figured out, okay, this is my MVP. This is the thing that I know how to do. Like quit reinventing the wheel. Like just do what you know for the love. I still don't think I really realized that it could be a full time income. Like I, I, my brain just wasn't computing that this, I think because, and I, I think I did what a lot of people do is I didn't want to realize what it could be because that meant I had to work for something that was maybe a little bit scary and I had to actually set those goals. And then what if I didn't meet them? Mm -hmm. So it was more fun to just try things, which definitely led me to succeeding in some areas, Mm -hmm. but it also led to like the business, quote unquote, the business not being like actually legit for a really long time, which I think kind of mentally held me back. But for me, it took me raising my prices and learning a little bit more about selling Mm -hmm. and marketing to fully be like, Oh shit, I learned this thing and then turned around and implemented it. And it got me 
bigger results than I even thought it could. So Mm -hmm. what can I do next? And so then it it came back that old behavior of competing with myself. Right. Well, and I think the cool part that really benefited me was I really fell into this world. Like when I started my business, I didn't know there were Facebook groups about this. I I didn't know there were online courses where you could learn things. I didn't know that Pinterest was full of business advice. Like (gasps) I, I was just trying to meet people where they were, find clients locally, connect with my network, like do all this grassroots stuff. And I remember very clearly having a conversation with you. Like we had just met and when we just met, we talked constantly, like hours a day, every day before we were even in business together. It was just this like constant banter. And I remember talking about sales with you and not that I had been bad at sales. Like obviously I'd gotten myself pretty far. I literally replaced my corporate salary in 30 days. Right. So like that wasn't you just necessary. needed a cocky friend to come in and give you a little bit of kick in the pants. <laughs> no, I, but I think the part that was the problem and the hang up is I after that initial time frame, I started to try to take on projects that were a lot bigger. And it led to a longer timeline working with clients, which meant a longer time between finding a potential client and actually them writing me a check. And I was like, oh, like this is starting to be too long of a process. And I feel like I'm getting stuck before they're even signing my contract. And I remember Emily and I talking about in-person sales and talking about how to adjust the sales pitch. And I completely changed the way I did discovery calls, how I intook clients, how I went and pitched my services. And I feel like this sounds dramatic, but literally overnight, changed my process. And it was a lot, like it was definitely a lot of work to get there. But when I did that, it freed up so much space because I was spending so much time trying to make everything custom and everything Mm -hmm. individualized that it was seriously slowing me down so much. And I wasn't spending hardly any time doing the part that I thought was fun, which was the creative part. Mm -hmm. And I feel like more people need to realize that probably the thing holding you back isn't that you don't have access to marketing strategies. Like what may be holding you back is that you have a lack of personal investment in how you're selling. And like, what if you took advice from people who've already done it and like did it the way that you want to aspire to do it. Because while it was a full-time job, I wasn't working crazy hours. I valued family. I took vacation. I probably took way more breaks during the day then than I do now. <laughs> but oh, like, yes. I remember even when you and I first started working together and working on projects together, I very, very specifically remember the kind of back and forth texting and phone calls of like, okay, well, when you get back home, like, we'll just chat about this or, oh, well, I'm out now. So when I get back home, we'll chat. About, it was just this like, we no were shop. always like at Target and uh-huh. like grocery shopping. I at lunch with my Nana. <laughs> 
We were like, when did we work? I don't know. Barely. I know. Just enough. Just (laughs) enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least for me, I don't think this is necessarily as true for you because you definitely paid more attention to the logistics side of business way sooner and way better than I did. But I do feel like when we got together and we kind of merged, you know, obviously our services, but then created systems for accounting and bookkeeping and budgeting and paying ourselves and all of that stuff. That for me truly, even before then was the moment, like I didn't feel this before that is the moment where I was like, oh, I'm running an actual business here. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) That's funny to me. Like I felt that from the beginning. No, no. I probably felt that the the moment I walked into a business that I had no business working with, like in an industry I knew nothing about. Like I freaking, to talk about how bizarre some of my clients were, there was nothing wrong with them. (laughs) Like just the the randomness of it. Randomness. Like I literally worked with someone who like, I feel like they made like bolts for airplanes. Like they were like an airplane part manufacturer why? Like, that's just so random. And then like in the same breath, like I also was working with the church and I was also working with a bakery and I was also like, my clients ran the gamut. But I think that's kind of the beauty of it is when you're starting and when you're working towards something like a full-time income, it doesn't have to be perfect. I feel like people paint this picture of what business is supposed to be like in order for it to be legitimate enough to call it a full-time job or a full-time salary or even stable enough for you to potentially have this be the only thing you're doing, Mm -hmm. it can still be a little random and a little crazy, like, and still be more stable than what you might be doing outside of the home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, we convince ourselves that there's instability. And then we, we've even kind of talked about it this entire episode, right? It's risky to start your own business. There's so much stuff. There's pressure you have to give yourself. You have to take it seriously. And there's all of these different layers. And I feel like while all of that is true, like you're living proof of getting laid off twice <laughs> that there's not what I'm trying to say, because <laughs> we've talked about instability and stability a lot in this entire show, but even when business gets hairy, right? Even when there's a loss, even when you're figuring stuff out, even when you're growing and going through growing pains, I have felt still more stable in this business in the last four years than I felt like you did in that time when you knew you're about to get laid off. To put it in perspective, (laughs) I've worked since it was legal for me to work. So since I was 15, so we're Mm -hmm. talking about 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. This is the longest I've ever had the same job. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm, One, two, three. Yeah. Yep. Same. I should do some math on a couple different jobs. (laughs) Yeah. And the fact of the matter is every other one besides the short time I was by myself before Emily and I worked together, 
they were all different. Like they were all different industries or working in a different capacity. Sure. Using similar skill sets, but, and you know, and obviously in high school, it's not necessarily about skill set. It's just about like, how can I make cash today? Like, yeah. But as a professional, this is definitely the thing I've done the longest. And I can tell you that it's the most in control I've ever felt because every other time I had a review or had, mm-hmm. you know, someone look over my shoulder, me think about how happy I am or am not and what it is that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. I have the most control here. Mm -hmm. I have the most control now in what I do. And I'm going to start giving you a review, loosen that control a little bit. (laughs) Whatever. You're going to kick me out my own 50%. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to kick you out. I just want to give you a review. Oh, okay. Just made me sweat a little. Make you okay. feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think to kind of like tie this all together and, and really like what's our point at all, I think the conversation of being a full-time creative might not even feel real. Not that it's not possible because I think there's a difference in not believing something is possible and literally it just not feeling real. Like, cause that's where I sat for so long. Like, oh, I know that's possible if I actually try it, but I'm just not trying because insert all your fear-based reasons here. I feel like that's where a lot of people are. And so I think that if we kind of, you know, quiet the white noise a little bit and really focus on, okay, what are the things that are actually going to make this happen? What are the things that I really need? And truly spend all of our time and energy just on those things because it's it's fewer things than you think. And then you'll you'll wake up. And if you're like me and need proof that you did it, experience that you already did it to give yourself confidence that you can do it, like it's this weird chicken before the egg kind of thing, mm-hmm. then you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll know that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, my parting advice is know that you don't have to do this alone. Mm-mm, girl. Okay? We've developed a program to walk you through whether you're in it full time now and you just haven't gotten to that consistent salary or you're ready to like quit that day job and figure it out. And whether that's developing it on your nights and nap times, like we get it and we want to help you get there through our program strategy Academy. And we have all the steps and strategies laid out for you for you to see success and for you to get to where you want to be. And so if that interests you, send us a DM, like send us a DM over at Boss Project. We're going to walk you through and make sure this is a good fit for you before I even remotely tell you where to go look for it. Right, right. I want to serve you and make sure this makes sense for you inside your business. So go send us a DM. Let's talk about it. I want to hear about your dreams and desires. What is it that you want to be doing and create that full-time salary from? Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. 
You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.